0: or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. This is episode 68. This podcast is sponsored by Generation UCAN, the smarter energy nutrition that's powered by Superstarch, a slow-release complex carbohydrate that uniquely delivers steady, long-lasting energy to keep you fueled and feeling good. Visit generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your first order. That's generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER. Breaking the Barrier is also sponsored by Audible, the internet's largest resource for e-books, with over 180,000 titles to choose from for your Kindle, iPhone, smartphone, or MP3 player. Audible is offering the listeners of the Breaking the Barrier podcast a free trial and a free e-book. All you have to do is visit audibletrial.com forward slash breakingthebarrier to claim your free trial and e-book. That's audibletrial.com forward slash breakingthebarrier. Welcome to Breaking the Barrier, I'm Andrew.
1: And I'm Zach, and I'm told reliably that this is episode 68 of yes. Breaking the Barrier. Good job. We made it. Apparently math goes one by one. It does. So if I just add one to the previous episode number, I'm going to be on track.
0: That's right. Well, as runners, we should be really good at math. Yes. I mean, you know, numbers that go up to like 100, 160 maybe. Yeah, we'll figure it out. That's a weird throat clearing thing. It sounded like Chewbacca for a second. It's nice. That makes me ham. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I'll give it to you because you got the number right.
1: Thank you. So welcome, everybody. We're back. Um, Hopefully the audio quality will be a little bit better this time. We've checked the microphone and it's all plugged in, so you'll hear our dulcet tones in full effect.
0: Sorry about that last week, but you know, you heard what you needed to hear, so you're welcome.
1: Yes. Good job. So, uh, first thing we're going to do is jump into a couple of shout-outs, then we're going to give a little bit of an update on what we've been up to, and then it's been actually a really interesting week uh, online and on the socials and in the news in the running world. So we're going to break down a couple of those things and share a bit of information. Hopefully you'll get something out of it, and then offer some insights on what we think about it as well. Rock on. So, the first shout-out we want to give is to the crew that's training for the Oxfam. Uh, that we know from Windermere vale Park Run and Windfit, and that's Daryl, Anthula, Simon, and Omar, who today got out and did another trial leg of one of the Oxfam course bits. Uh, fantastic run, Daryl took this and managed to get over 100 kilometers for the week for the first time ever. Which
0: Congratulations, Daryl. That's awesome.
1: That's a massive anniversary to hit. And Thula went over 100Ks for the fourth time in a row Far out. in terms of her weekly mileage. She's just been a machine in January.
0: I looked at her Strava. She's just about at 500K for the year. Yep.
1: And for it's been year. a perfect build-up. She's done that classic thing we say of add a little bit on each week. Yeah. Don't just start doing it. It's just perfectly the way that she's built up her training. Uh, and Simon and Omar really starting to get behind it as well. Although we did just listen to a video from Omar and <laughs> there was Omar. some pretty heavy breathing there, mate. So might need to work on that a little bit. Ouch.
0: No, but you know what? Really well done for getting out there. Really well done for getting out there. That's a, uh, I can't imagine how brutal that was. Yep. Yeah.
1: It was wet and cold and not, they've done
0: really, really well. Not fun. So I have a shout out from Sean. So Sean had this to say in the Breaking the Barrier community group. Hey everyone, I just wanted to check in. I've got a new PB and a PR on the bike at the gym, and I'm also down to my next goal on the weight scale. That's awesome, Sean. I know that you've been struggling or have struggled with your weight in the in the previous years, and I, I love that you're getting going on, on moving toward your goals, and I love your hashtags. Hashtag 2020 breaking the barrier. Hashtag personal best. Hashtag personal record.
1: That's awesome. And I love to see PB on strength and cardio as well. Yeah. So that cross-training is going to really help you, mate. Totally. Keep strong and keep uh, avoiding injury. So Absolutely. Good job
0: with that. Absolutely. Well done, man.
1: Another shout-out we want to give is to Peter. So this morning, Peter got out and did a 26-kilometer run, which, as he himself says, is amazing, considering just last year he was trying to build up to finish a half-marathon This year, he's going out and he's doing 26-kilometer runs as a training run. So, well done, Peter, for slogging that one out this morning. Well done, Jess, for running with you as well. Yeah, you both Uh, ran
0: above, like, over 25 kilometers today. Yeah,
1: which I think is, for both of you, the most you've ever ran. And that is fantastic and just shows that regardless of where you start from, with a little bit of consistency and a lot of support, um, you too can get to those uh, distances as well. So, Peter... I'm hearing Marathon, I'm hearing Full
0: Marathon, that's Full Marathon's music in the background. I feel like it is, you've got plenty of time, you can go for one in April or July, well, maybe July, let's say July to take a little bit of the pressure off. Do it, do it, no pressure. This next shout out goes to Stano. So Stan wrote a message to the Breaking the Barrier Instagram. My purpose of my training is to break the cycle of limiting beliefs that have played a big part in my life and passing that on to my kids to let them understand We are capable of so much. That's a great, that's a great, that's a great why to train. Yep. Like just for nothing else but to, I mean, I'm sure that there are other reasons, but to have a great message for your kids, especially in this time where so many people say, you know, and it's true, how the kids turn out is the messages that their parents give them. Yeah. So especially with the rising epidemic of lack of health, Yes. That's a good message to pass You think on.
1: about what you can do to prepare your kids for the future, and we'd all love to put away a whole bunch of money for them, but actually investing in a healthy lifestyle that they just see as normal as they grow up, is one of the best gifts we can give them. So, well done, Stano, for for pulling that together and having that perspective. I think that's excellent. Way to go, man. And well done to everyone else. Um, We've finished January. We're into February now. So, I think nearly everyone will be back to work, back to school routine. And just want to let you know, that's when things get tough, when the... New year's resolutions or the goals you've set yourself over the holiday period start to crash into the reality of schedules. Yep. Um. It is tough. And I can just say if you can find the time to stick with it and prioritise your training and try and continue that lifestyle change that you've committed to... Get through this little bit. Ask for support in the community. Ask for support with friends. It is worth it. And you will feel so much better trying to stick with it and coming out the other end three months from now than you will if you abandon it Absolutely. and let other pressures get in the way. So you can do it.
0: Absolutely. And there was a there was a post by Joe DeSena, you know, of Spartan. Mm-hmm. And he said, by now, we're in the first week of February, 80% of New Year's resolutions have gone yep. uh, out the window. And if yours has, that's okay. Yep. Like, you don't think that that failure... Means that you're going to fail for the rest of the year. You can get right back on the horse and you just take each day as it comes. And you know, don't don't wait. Well, don't wait till Monday. If you failed on Thursday, don't take the whole weekend to fail more. Get back on the horse on Friday. Yep,
1: you can get back on. You can restart. Indeed. And recognizing that you've stopped and not denying that you've stopped is half the battle. Yeah. So if you're recognizing that you've stopped and you want to get back on, ask for help. Community's here to help. We're here to help. We'd love to see you calling out that success a couple of weeks from now. Bring it on. All right, so updates from us.
0: Yes. How you've pulled up after Rosebud. Uh, Well, do you know, it was actually a really intense week. I'll start, I'll work backwards. So today I set out, I was meant to do a long run today, but I've already done that. I did that long run last week, which I'll get to. And it was just a really tough run. So I, I set out. I was going to do eight k. I got to five, mm-hmm. and it was really hard. I mean, my pace was okay, and not that that is what matters. But my body just felt tired, like really tired. I felt heavy. My heart rate wasn't jump. It wasn't higher than than it should have been at the pace that I was going or anything. But I just felt. Drained, and It was
1: I, one of those runs we talk about where yeah. every two out of ten, they just suck.
0: They just suck. It was the opposite of the runner's high. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was because I, I, I fell into a little bit of overtraining this week because I was still, not that a 10K is a big distance, but when you push it that way, it, it you know, it takes you a little bit to recover. So over the past week, I had done, uh, you know, I, uh, I kept my training the way it was, you know, Wednesday was a really, really warm day. It was yes. really hot. And that, that morning I went out, uh, you know, to do the trails. Then I did a 15K trail run, which is really hot.
1: Check out the mini episode that we released,
0: talking about that. That sucked. You can also learn a little bit about where Zach sends us on trails. We'll discuss this. We'll, we'll, get... we'll get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Thursday I went out for a a 10K just a run or was it might have been opposite it might have been wednesday and thursday opposite well whatever thursday went out for 10k friday was a rest day but oh also wednesday night sorry okay i now i'm with you wednesday night what a journey yeah it was fun (laughs) wednesday night was the workout tour yep thursday was the trail run so wednesday was a really tough workout wednesday night was a two and a half hour just incredible workout it was like Boot camp style, like, I, I reckon we did a few hundred burpees, a lot of strength and conditioning, a lot of cardio.
1: Where did you do this? Uh,
0: right outside Marvel Stadium, like, right. in, uh, where you walk to get to the gates.
1: So this is for the Spartan Stadion that is coming up in yeah. a couple of weeks' time, in preparing of, for that? Uh,
0: yeah, in 12 days. Oh, 12 days? No, wow. 11 days. 13 days. Wow. Cool.
1: How many days are there in February? <laughs> I have
0: no idea. 29, <laughs> I think, this year. Bang. Boom. Uh, but yeah, that was really, really hard, and that took a lot off my body. I work out hard, Hmm. but that worked me in so many different ways because you're working different things. And I'm still a little bit sore from it. And we are on Sunday now. So that's like five days ago. Yeah. Four days ago. Whatever. Jeez, math lesson. (laughs) Um, So then, yeah. So then Thursday, I went out for the
1: trail run. <laughs> There's a whiteboard in the background here, uh, folks. We're just running numbers. Right. It looks like a calculus lesson right now. Oh, I'm going to delete this whole thing. You know that scene in the Impulse trailer where he walks in and you're on the board pretending to do math? Yeah, I didn't write it's, most of that. It's like that right now. Yeah,
0: except you're not dressed in like sexy professor. No, I'm just, I'm just shit's coming out of my mouth. Which doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, so yeah, so that happened. Thursday, Friday was off. Yep. Saturday, we did that park run yep. uh, in that hideous humidity. Mm and i ran like a 24 something like 2450 something and that was really hard mm. like really hard and then you know just sunday i think because i put a lot of also my normal strength uh, strength yeah. workouts in there you know in the past 4 days i probably worked out about 8 times and so you're overtrained i overtrained myself because yeah. this is what happened monday tuesday wednesday or monday tuesday i missed my normal training because i was like still relaxing and then i tried to make up for it which is always a mistake
1: that's the lesson and isn't and
0: that's right and you yeah. always tell yourself well I, I work out hard so i can handle this yeah but you may or may not be able to handle it and so today when i went out for my run it was hard yeah and i was like you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna call it quits and
1: well yeah i mean are you worried about that or have you applied some perspective
0: no yeah. i i think i'm i think i'm okay with that i think because I, I have taken the rest of the today off i was gonna go do some weight training today but forget it. Yep. Monday, tomorrow, I'm, I'm taking the day off. And then Tuesday, I'll just reassess how I'm feeling. Yep. And if I feel like I need any more days off, which I don't think I will, uh, then I'll just take them. But yeah, it was it was just interesting. Like you, you, you Sometimes you have these really bad runs and nine times out of 10, there's a reason. Sometimes there's not. But for me, I had to analyze because we all fall into, I had a bad run. That means I'm a shitty runner. No, it doesn't. No. Think about it. And figure out, work backwards and figure out what has led you to that point. And for me, I had to analyze every step up to that point. And I just realized, wow, I've worked out way too much this week. Mm. My body's tired. Do you think it was the the run on the Sunday? Or do you think it was the Spartan
1: training on the Wednesday?
0: I th- I think that the Spartan training on the Wednesday probably tipped yeah. the scale a little bit. I think my body was probably still kind of recovering from Sunday. Yeah, I
1: think you if you do a race run like that, You
0: run all the way to the finish line. Yeah.
1: When we do a training run, we'll do a whatever kilometre run and you'll get... You know, with ten percent to go, you'll start thinking about recovery. That's that's a, that's a tip, folks. Yeah. When you're doing your long runs on training, the last ten percent of your long runs, start thinking about recovery. Mm. You know, try to remember that you're going to have to stop soon. That's it. When you race, you, you run, all, you the run all the way through. You do ninety-nine percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And then afterwards, you're going to feel a lot more tired than that's you would it. after
0: a long run. And there's so many things at play because not only is it your physical, it's your adrenaline's pumping too. Yeah. So that 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 definitely. That definitely came into play, and then you know I don't usually run trails, so that trail run was a real yeah. Mm.
1: You've you've done a a, a PB ten k a fifteen k trail run in some pretty crazy conditions, yeah. and an obstacle training course two and a half hour session plus everything else. Yeah, no wonder. Yeah, <laughs> it makes yeah. sense. The, yeah, and so you've got the Stadion coming up in a couple of you know, two weeks. Indeed. All you can do now is injure yourself. You can't get much fitter. No, so and, the, and then, that's so. that's the
0: thing. And that's what I really have to, I think, yeah. for me, especially because I'm very type A, right? Like I just want to go, go, go. Mm. But I have to make sure that the next couple of weeks that I really take it easy because I'm not going to get faster in two weeks. Not going to get stronger. I'm not going to get stronger. So I think for the next two weeks, especially at the gym where I do my weight training, I think I'm going to ease off the weights, as in the... the mm. The actual weight of the weights and just go really just more body movement and recovery. Yes. um, Rather than trying to set any records or anything. Yeah. Perspective. Indeed. Hmm. Learning opportunity. Yeah. Failure. F&A. How's your week going, man? Uh, How's my week going? So I'm
1: I'm five nights away from doing the Trails Plus Ultra. Is that... Oh, it's yep. the seventh. That's so right. it's the 7th. So it starts on the Friday. Yeah. And so this weekend was just trying to get through the psychology of what that event's going to be. So on the Friday night, I went out at 7pm and started at the same time that the actual race will start. Yep. And did 35 k's between 7pm and midnight, just practicing the, the looping strategy again. Mm. So run the loop, rest for a little bit. And I took a tip that you sent me from Isabel Ross, yep. which is... Last time I did it, I ran the seven-kilometer seven kilometer loop in forty minutes. Yeah. This time I really slowed down. Yeah. I tried to do it in like fifty minutes or so. Uh, sometimes even drifting out to fifty-five. Yeah. Which was really hard. Like trying to run. It's hard to slow down. A minute and a half slower in some cases. Yeah. And walk stuff was very very different. But I pulled like I felt so much stronger in the legs and everything during it. Like no real fatigue worries whatsoever. Yeah. But I didn't fuel properly. Uh, I think it's because Daryl came and ran with me. I'm going to blame Daryl. Damn it, Daryl. Daryl came and ran with me. And so when we were at my place resting in between laps, I didn't sit down and just eat. I sort of stood around and talked to him and my wife and everything. Uh, and so I noticed when I went out for the fifth lap on my own, I was really lightheaded, really dizzy. Uh, yeah, and sort of just slogged out that last one. Hitting the wall. Yeah, yeah, but then I pulled up the next morning completely fine. Yeah. So it's just amazing that you know the 35K run feels fine the next day when you do slow it right down and break it down to that distance. Mm. And then I was going to get out again on this morning, Sunday morning. I woke up at 1130 with plans to start running from midnight and try and do another 35 Ks from midnight to 5 AM.
0: As in last night.
1: As in, la- as, in as in this morning slash last night. Oh yeah, night. okay, yeah. I gotcha, yep, gotcha. Um, but the weather was not against me. Uh, there was a band of rain coming in and I just would have been running in the rain for two or three hours and I decided a week out from the actual event. Not worth it. Anything that I could do to make myself sick wasn't gonna be yeah. worth it, so. Back into bed and got up and just went and ran with WinFit this morning. Nice. Um, Mark and I went and we did 30Ks this morning. Just, you know, not doing anything special in terms of race strategy. Just yeah. trying to get 30Ks under the legs at a nice cruisy pace. And awesome. so I feel really strong after that. So that's been the week. The rest of my week leading up to the actual event will just be... You know, keeping a lid on the runs, trying not to get too excited. Yeah. Doing lots of strength training and stretching and bodyweight type exercises to keep everything fluid and work out any kinks. Yep. And then just try and get some good sleep Wednesday, Thursday night. I went shopping before this and started buying some supplies. So starting to build my meal my food and meal plan yep. for the actual night. And I'm just gonna take that in and I've been talking to Daryl. He's gonna come help get me started on the night. Mark's gonna come in. Uh, at some point in the morning and probably do park run there. Nice. Um, don't know if, if you're going to come along. I'll be there. I'll be there on that
0: Friday night. Yeah, bit, yeah, check
1: it out at some point and then we'll see where we go from there. Cool. I figure if a couple of people come out to visit Brimbank Park Run uh, on the Saturday, that'll be awesome because yeah. then that'll give me some motivation to push through maybe if I can as long as I can go. But yeah, I have no idea what my target plan is right now. My target in my mind keeps bouncing around. Mm. You know, Sometimes I'm like I'd be happy to do 50 other times, I'm like, what would 24 hours look like? Yeah, So, wow. i got no idea. Okay. I literally have no idea what to expect now going into this race. Okay. So, we'll try and record as much as possible. Yeah. And learn a whole bunch of stuff and go from there. Bitchin'. That's mm. exciting. Can't wait.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I'm really, really excited to see how that goes. That's just... That's cool to me. It could be be your longest distance single event.
1: Oh, it will be my longest distance single event. I I mean, my longest distance ever is 50Ks. Yeah. So I'm sure I'll go past that.
0: Beat the hell out of that.
1: It's like, if I can get past 50Ks, that's goal one. Mm. If I can do a double marathon, that's goal two. And a double marathon and 12 hours continuous running will kind of be about the same. Yeah. And then if I can do 100Ks, that'll be great. And then after that, we'll see what happens. Um,
0: 200Ks. Why not? Yeah. i wouldn't (laughs) i I wish i could have had the face that you (laughs) just reacted with yeah it's like everything just dropped like shut up andrew Stop putting ideas in my head
1: sorry so the next thing we want to talk about is actually touching on something you were talking about before the weather over the last week in melbourne yeah has been crazy so melbourne for those of you who don't know is it can get very very hot it can get very very wet it very, very rarely gets both at the same time. We are not a humid climate down here. Up in Queensland, in the northern parts of Australia, they deal with you know extreme humidity, 80% plus humidity all the time. Yeah. Sydney deals with it a little bit as well. Melbourne does not, and we can't handle it when we get those couple no, of humid days a week. And
0: when it does, it mm. does... I mean, Melbourne doesn't do anything half-assed no. in terms of weather. When it gets where it wants to get, it gets, yeah. which is awful.
1: And so... The last couple, like park run on Saturday, Mm. oppressive conditions. You went running in the Yu Yangs on a day that got to...
0: By the time we left, I think it was 33. Yes. 33 or 34. And that was the warm-up to
1: Thursday, which got to 39. And then Friday was 44 at one point.
0: This yeah. is all... That was That was Thursday. The trail run was Thursday. The trail run was Thursday. Yeah, you'd know that, but I screwed up so much explaining my week in yes. the beginning of this episode, you have no idea. Okay. So the trail run was Thursday. Who are you? I don't know. Okay. It's Superman. Brilliant. Nice. So Thursday, so that was a 39
1: degree Celsius start. Yeah, so and it then...
0: started, we started at about 28 degrees and then hmm. by the time we finished about 33, it was yeah. disgusting.
1: So it's, it's really interesting because on the Facebook community, Andrew shared an article that he found which spoke about the benefits, quote unquote, mm. of running in humid conditions. And the real benefits from running in humid conditions, or the lesson from that article, is first of all, your performance will suffer.
0: Oh, yeah. It you you're if we're talking VO two max, your VO two max at any given point on a hot and humid day is gonna drop about six to twelve percent. Yeah, Which and doesn't you, sound like a lot, but it's a lot.
1: If you want to understand VO two max in more, go back through the episode history mm. and there's an episode Andrew did where he got his VO2 max tested and mm. really explained the science behind
0: that particular metric. That's a, that's a episode with Nick Jankowski. I can't remember the episode number off the top of my head. We're not great with episode numbers. Not well. Zach's not. I don't even try. He yes. tries. He tries. Good yep. for you.
1: I'll say 52. Go look somewhere around the fifty-two mark, folks. Andrew's checking right now to see if I'm right. If
0: it's fifty-two, I'm excited to be right now. I feel like it's. I feel like that sounds about right. This would be great. This, this is live radio, folks. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome.
1: Holy shit! It's episode fifty-two. <laughs> I'm, you will never hear me again on the podcast. I am retiring. on He's that done. High. That's, I'm done.
0: That's really awesome. Episode fifty-two. Wow. Episode
1: fifty-two. If you want to understand VO2 max, go listen to episode fifty-two. Good job. Um, But the lesson from the article we saw this week was that, yes, your performance, your VO2 performance, you're just going to feel awful running in some of the conditions that we've had here in Melbourne lately. And for those of you that live in more tropical climates, that's something that you need to consider Mm. at all times. But for people who have that weather put upon them or go away on holidays to a place that's more temperate, you're going to feel bad. But there are benefits. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Just just keep in mind. Yes, your 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 performance will drop anywhere from two to twelve percent at any extreme, and be okay with that. Don't try to push it. Don't try to push harder, and don't think that anything's wrong with you. That's just the norm. But so the thing about running is, once your core temperature rises to a certain point, it's gonna start affecting you as a runner. So the cooler that you can keep that the better off you'll be, which is why a lot of times when you hear about people running, they in in hot weather, they really recommend splashing yourself with cold water. That helps bring your core temperature down. So the more that you run in heat and humidity, the more acclimated your core is going to get and the more easy it's going to be when you run in cooler weather to keep that core temperature down.
1: That's why we sweat, not just because we look extremely good glistening in the sun afterwards, but it's to help our body cool down. That's
0: exactly right. So actually fun uh, fun fact, when you sweat, don't wipe it away because that makes it worse. That that will make your body heat worse. Let it <laughs> let it flow, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just let it go. So and, and, and it actually running in heat and humidity will make your sweat rate more efficient. Yes. Uh, so it just works like your core temperature, it, it makes everything a little bit more efficient and it acclimates it so that when you are running cooler weather, it'll make it easier. You'll find that when you run in cooler weather, you'll hit some serious probably PBs if you've been running in the heat and the humidity. And that's why
1: you'll find most of the running seasons tie their big races around fall. Yeah. So you want it when you've come out of summer, you've done that training in the summer conditions then you come into fall where it's cooler but it's still dry, you haven't quite hit winter and that's when you'll notice a whole bunch of your PBs coming through. That's it. So pushing on through the summer months and through the humid conditions is going to benefit you if you can then go into the fall months and get into a racing season you will see your times improve like, we know that when we do park runs um, a summer park run PB is very rare yeah I because s- it is hot with a headwind and everything it's
0: crazy it's crazy I don't understand people who keep up their m- normal times like Simon yes <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and it really it can help you not only with you know sweating and your core temperature but as a cellular level it will help increase the volume of your blood plasma which in turn helps the efficiency of delivering oxygen to your muscles mm which again, kind of goes back to VO2 max, but the more oxygen, the more efficient that your body is at delivering oxygen to your muscles, the better off you'll be, which is of course what VO2 max is all about, the mm. efficiency that your body uses that blood oxygen level. Mm. So be careful about running in the heat and humidity. Absolutely, make sure you stay hydrated, but there are definitely benefits and it's definitely worth it. If it's, if it's, if it's doable, I recommend doing it. If it's like, if you live in a place where it's hot and humid all the time, uh, alternate yeah <laughs> unless you're used to that.
1: Or and then come to a cooler place to do your races because chances are you'll have an advantage over everyone who's been training in cool places. I mean that's why we always talk about the troubles we've had in Melbourne sometimes if the Melbourne Marathon yeah, is that we train we come out of summer and we start to train through those colder mm. fall months and we
0: feel good and then all of a sudden,
1: Melbourne goes, sorry about this, guys. Yeah. We're going to smash you with a crazy day. And the body just can't handle
0: it. No, and it, because it ta- it will, a side note, take your body about anywhere from two to three weeks to acclimate to hot and humid weather. Yeah. But once that hot and humid weather, it's, it's like anything else, you know. You can spend 12 months at the gym looking, and, and at the end of that 12 months, you look freaking great. Mm. But like two weeks of crappy eating, you're not going to look so great. It's kind of not
1: yeah. fair. It isn't. Hate yeah. that. You, it does not take the same amount of time to fall off no. as it does to get to the point where you want to be. That yeah. sucks. But you remember, so for those of you who are suffering through the crazy conditions in Melbourne right now, um, yes, it sucks. It's meant to feel hard. Mm. If you can keep going and you can look after yourself and keep your electrolytes up and everything, you will
0: see benefits. So keep going. I do have an episode, I can't remember the number, and I, this is this episode is so far back about running in the heat and some tips and tricks Uh, about doing that so i'll tell you i'm scrolling i'm scrolling i think it's 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 like really early days i'm thinking
1: i'm not gonna guess i'm one for one i've got a streak here of one i'm just gonna keep it
0: that's a good idea yeah we'll Um, ignore the fact that i was zero for two last episode we're not gonna go there episode nine wow episode nine wow does that even exist (laughs) apparently yeah I was I ever that young?
1: So it's available on vinyl.
0: indeed, it's vintage. Episode nine, Beat the heat. you can get a couple of tips from you know how to strategically place water bottles to you know other ways of keeping cool to taking cold showers before you run that kind of thing. There you go.
1: Another one we wanted to talk about that came out this week. there was a study released that spoke about the difference between men and women in ultra running. Mm. And this study has proposed, And there's a lot of reasons why the study still needs to be validated and all that. But the short answer is that they are saying that in events that go over 160 miles, Mm -hmm. so the extreme of ultra-running endurance events, women are faster than men. Women have an advantage... Over men in events that go over 160 miles. Yeah. Which is astonishing because we've always been led to believe that men are stronger than women and that's the way it'll work. And this study is suggesting, well, no, actually, once you get to that point, women actually have an advantage over men. Yeah. And that's borne out with a lot of the studies we've seen that talk about the difference between uh, the, you know, men's marathon times versus women marathons time, the gap there yep. is further away than the gap once you start talking about 100-kilometer races. Yep. And so it seems like the further away we get in terms of distance, the, the, the narrower gap, that but, gap gets.
0: And then you get to a certain point, and it's just they intersect. Yes. And then... Yeah, females go higher, basically.
1: and the and the reason they've been able to do this study is because more women are competing in those ultra marathon events. Yeah. So a long time ago, or when ultra marathon events first started, there was very few women. Mm. They're now saying that women are making up forty percent of some of the major events that are happening, wow. which is just an enormous turnout. And yeah. you can see that happening even in the last decade or so. The marathons that I've done, it used to be that women were in that twenty percent range, and now yeah. I think Melbourne Marathon is you know very close to fifty fifty
0: split. Yeah, I feel so, like it was. Really really close. It was 50 and 40 something. So it wasn't it wasn't outlandishly. far apart So the
1: difference between men and women at five kilometers distance. is that men run 18 percent faster than women. Okay At the marathon, it's only 11 percent difference Okay, and then for 100 mile races, which is 160 kilometers the difference is 0.25 percent really and then above 195 miles Women are 0.6 of a percent faster than men. Wow. And this is based on 15,000 ultra running events they have looked at over the last 23 years. So that's
0: so, not like a one in 10 thing. No, that's there's a, a, a whole
1: bunch of data there. Now, yeah. there's there's a whole bunch of scientific reasons in the article as to why that still needs to be validated more. Mm. But that is just for as a girl dad with two young women, that's fantastic for me to be able to turn around and almost combat that, oh, I can't do that thing. No, actually, you Uh, can. Actually, you can. The study is showing that you can do that. Yeah. Mm. Wow.
0: That's incredible.
1: So a bit of inspiration there um, for any female runners out there and anyone looking to get into ultramarathoning. Totally. You
0: You have an advantage. You have an advantage. Uh, Go for it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I was actually listening to a podcast. I feel like it was Marathon Training Academy, Mm. maybe. And they were talking to a female ultra runner, And Mm. she did specifically say at one point, you know, look at these distances over X amount of miles. It's the females who are winning. Yes. Not the males. Yes. And that's, that's We awesome. were talking
1: about it on our long run this morning, and Chris and Jess were telling stories about a male-female pair mm. who had decided to do the Death Valley run. Okay. And they were running across it together, and there was a photo of them midway through the run, and the male athlete, the husband, is asleep, resting. Mm. The wife, the female athlete, is awake, completely glass-eyed, but breastfeeding. Because she'd only just given birth to a baby recently, and she was still breastfeeding, and just goes to show that that capacity that women have—your body just works. It just just works, yeah. Yeah. And then part of the theory was, you know, when as we've evolved from tribes, the tribe used to run and chase an animal for days on end. Yeah, there was no good the fast hunters being ahead of everyone else. The entire tribe needed to go with it. Yeah, so on those ultra long events, the women. The grandmother, the daughter, the pregnant mum—they yeah. all needed to run with the other males of the tribe in order to be there when they eventually caught the animal and they had food. Right. And so that goes to show that in our know, evolution, their evolution didn't distinguish between men and women no. when trying to help us survive as a species. So those innate gifts are still there.
0: Yeah, right. and it does make you know it does make sense because a, a female would her body would be built to deal with trauma for hours and hours and hours and hours on end, giving birth. I mean, I've heard labor. of people being in labor yeah. for, you know, days. Yes. Uh, so, yeah.
1: And, and they do also talk about the, you know, the mental strength of women as well. Mm. This is funny because I spoke to this about Kat when I did the interview with her about, you know, mm. women's running and all that sort of thing. And we did sort of talk about that and her surprise that a woman hasn't taken out Barclay yet because they do have that yeah. extreme distance event like that. Now, of yeah. course, Barclay throws in navigation and a whole bunch yeah. of other stuff. It's not just a straight running race. But yeah. yeah, the potential is absolutely there.
0: Well, there's a reason that they call it man flu and not woman flu. This so is true. There yeah. you go. They're tougher.
1: So those are two interesting articles uh, that you can check out. Uh, if you want to listen to interesting things, one of the places that we can recommend you check out is a sponsor of this podcast,
0: audible.com. Indeed. So basically, Audible, of course, is online's largest resource for eBooks, and sometimes we get tired of music or podcasts but not this one and we want to listen to a book on our long run or in the car or while we're at home doing mundane chores and audible is offering the listeners of the breaking the barrier podcast a free trial and a free eBook. so to claim that all you have to do is visit audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier and sign up for your 30-day free trial and the sky's the limit. There are over
1: 180,000 titles to choose from. Thank and you. you can find books on any subject. And even though they're called audible.com, it doesn't have to be a audio book. You can download an e book as well to your Kindle That's right. or whatever other device you have, which it's, is
0: interesting. In, they should call it Seeable. Or e Audible. E Audible.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But okay. anyway, go visit <laughs> audible. Dot, oh, sorry, audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier. To claim your free audiobook and start that 30-day trial boom nice
0: work thank you i like how we work that in
1: so one final thing or well, one final thing but another thing we want to talk another about thing. the nike vaporfly
0: yes so those of you who follow sports know that the vaporfly and Elliot kipchoge's alpha fly are under fire and in process of possibly being banned well I think they've officially banned they have
1: officially banned the shoes that Kipchoge won in his breaking two hour successful run indeed Uh, the reasons for that was they've decided to put a new set of conditions Mm. over shoes that can be used in athletic competition right some of the things they've decided or one of the main things they've decided to do is you can't run in an event in a shoe that has not been available for sale for at least four Four months. months yeah And as part of it, the shoe must only have one plate, Mm -hmm. carbon fiber plate. Elliot's had three. Uh, And it must have a stack or a height of the shoe of less than 40 millimeters. Mm. And Elliot's, because it had those special gel bags in it at certain places, was higher than that as well. So what that basically means is that if he was to run the event now... Mm. He would not be able to wear those shoes and have it qualified. But this no. wasn't a world. Of it that's anywhere. it,
0: and you know what? That's that's the thing is it wasn't a world record. Mm-hmm. But that does because Bridget Kosky wore those shoes when she broke Paula She Radcliffe. wore the Vaporfly Next. Did she or did she wear the Alpha uh, fly? The article
1: I read said she didn't win the, wear the Alpha. Okay, flies. I thought
0: she wore the Alpha. No, flies. She, okay.
1: she didn't wear the four percent but she wore the wore the Next. Okay, you yeah, right. Um, but it's because thirty-one of the last thirty-five marathon events that have been won, have been won by people wearing vapour flies.
0: It's like a sea of pink shoes when you see the the, the elites come through.
1: Yeah, and so what they're saying now is the pressure is going to be on people like Adidas, Puma, and Ultraboost to catch up. Because if they want to have their shoes on athletes in the Olympics anytime soon Mm. they've got to develop that shoe they've got to get it to market it has to be at market for at least four months before they could wear wear them in an event and then people are saying that the advantage is then to athletes who have been
0: sponsored by Nike which is true if you're a struggling
1: athlete and you can only get sponsorship from Adidas
0: but yeah I mean I get that but you know what that's just that's a it's just unfortunately that's the nature of the game I mean well look I'm in two minds about it Every every piece of equipment is going to have its advantages, going to have its disadvantages. You Remember
1: know? the swimsuits from the Olympics, That's, where everyone yeah. was wearing the Speedo shark skin. Yeah full, yeah, yeah, full body shark skin Speedo suits, and the athletes who had them definitely had an advantage yeah. over the athletes who didn't. And all those world records have been struck out now. Yeah. And those shoes are those swimsuits are fully banned from competition. But I feel like, and that's an example that gets thrown up a lot. Yeah. But I feel like that's different because those swimsuits were thousands of dollars, right. custom fitted, yeah. and yes, an athlete who comes from a poorer country yeah. might not have been able to afford that. You and I can go buy the Vaporflys. Yeah. Exactly. They're two hundred and sixty bucks.
0: That's right. And you know, I've heard a lot of people say that that is a disadvantage because they are expensive. But do you know what? If you want a pair of shoes and you're an athlete. You can figure it out. I mean, the goddamn New York City Marathon Lotto right now. If if, if you register, it's free. But if you get in, it's like a three hundred and something dollar entry fee. Yeah. Athletes pay that. A- athletes pay. It. Athletes pay. In Australia, you can't get a a, 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 a good running top from a, a like a, a, a um store. A t- uh, yeah. Thank you. A, to- a topless company. A topless company. A topless okay. company. <laughs> you freak. Um, for less than like sixty or seventy dollars. Yeah. That's one top. People are gonna spend the money. Yeah. So marathon running is a
1: sport that attracts it's expensive. You know, quote unquote the top one percent because yeah. it's really like anyone can go out and run like we've spoken about, but you wear out your first pair of shoes pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean you gotta buy another pair and another pair.
0: One pair of shoes is probably not gonna take you through the entire training cycle, much less more than one marathon and yeah. training cycle. So I don't buy the argument either that the availability of the shoes is a no. barrier. Now. I think if
1: an athlete has chosen to align themselves to a particular brand in terms of sponsorship, yeah. that makes it a bit difficult. Yeah. But if I'm that athlete, I'm turning around to my sponsor saying, "What are we doing about this?" Yeah,
0: exactly. It's like I, I if I can't get a sponsorship by Nike, but this is what they're putting out. Yeah. Either we got to have a clause in our contract that I can wear their shoes, or you got to be developing a shoe that is going to give me that advantage.
1: Adidas, you're sending the Boost shoes to space. What's that going to yeah. mean? You know, it's it's great publicity but I'm getting my butt kicked yeah, like, on the course how's by the me down fly here. guys. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I, I think that that really needs to be looked at because you're absolutely right. I don't think that anything should be banned if if it is readily available on the open market because, you know, if anybody can use it, then I think that's fine. It's, I, I liken it to corking a bat in the in the Major League Baseball. Yeah. Obviously, bat corking is illegal, mm-hmm. but if they made it legal for everybody to do it and everybody is available to do it, Fine. Yep. But if not everybody can, then it should be illegal. True.
1: You were right, though. Bridget was wearing a Vaporfly prototype.
0: Okay. So, so they... she
1: wasn't wearing the shoes that Elliot wore, okay. but she was wearing a pair of shoes that weren't available for sale.
0: So that, that opens up a whole can of worms about her. Because she, she by 80 seconds, yes. beat that world record. and That's a long time. That's a lot.
1: But what does available for sale mean? If I'm Nike, can I put a pair of prototype shoes online and sell them for $10,000 for four months before the Olympics, and then let someone run in them.
0: Yeah, well, that's there you go. I mean, that's that is there is a gray area there. I mean, they would have to do yeah, because now you're opening up a whole new can of worms, like in terms of price. Yep. And and and, and setting regulations on that, and setting regulations on when they release this in re, in relation to yep. a big event coming up. That's hard.
1: It's interesting. I mean, I think it doesn't take anything... As we've spoken about before, it doesn't take anything away from Elliot's accomplishment going to no. two hours. No, and He's that's... still got a
0: power. That's it. That's the thing. Like, look, at the end of the day, it's, it, it's not a shoe that's crossing the finish line. Yes, maybe it's giving you extra added support, the 5%, the 4%, whatever the hell it is. But let's be honest here. It's a goddamn shoe. The endurance... The mental game, the physical strength, that takes years. You know, it's like it's like bodybuilders who take steroids. Yes, its they all do it. But it's not like they pop themselves full of steroids. I'm not advocating steroids, by the way. But it's not like they pop themselves full of steroids and all of a sudden they look like Arnold. They work their asses off to yes. get there. Not that steroids are a good thing, but its they're not lazy. These people aren't lazy. They're not wearing these shoes because they think it's going to give them the complete upper hand i mean and he's
1: not wearing the prototypes in training for kilometers and kilometers and kilometers he's wearing the normal vapor yep. fly or something else yeah this is for the race event but you know the race events are where gold medals are won and world records are set exactly so and
0: that's the that's the that's the issue you know it's what's where do you draw the line
1: and and the big challenge here for innovation is they've put in these new regulations now and they've done these regulations in response to the vapor fly mm. and that's going to constrain innovation because what you're going to find now is other shoe companies are going to design new shoes to be compliant with the rules. Yeah. Well, maybe someone could have had a brilliant idea that we will never see because, because of... these rules have come in. And yeah. I think, you know, that's what Nike did with the Vaporflys. They went, "Well, what would we need to do to achieve an outcome?" Yeah. And they came up with a shoe that was too good.
0: That's it. And and that's what I mean. I think like I think the answer just needs to be make a shoe that is readily open uh, readily available on the open market, not a prototype. Yeah let it be available for anybody to buy it figure out a, pr- a price regulation i mean look the average price of runners is probably somewhere between 150 to 350 dollars. who knows but i mean don't put it out there for 500 if it's going to cost you that much to make it that you have to charge 500 a shoe fix something because you can make the vapor flies so that they're only a couple hundred dollars yeah. only a couple hundred dollars you know make it readily available if it's readily available if it's a, if, if Even if it's not affordable to everybody, it doesn't matter. Like, if you want them, figure it out. You know, you figure out how to run 12 marathons a year. That's like $2,000. Figure out how you're going to buy these shoes. But, yeah, if it's not, if it's a prototype and not everybody can use it, yeah, I feel like maybe that's a bit of a gray area. I'm now, I'm I'm wondering what they're going to do about Bridget's.
1: Yes, yeah so I wonder if they'll go back and they'll look at that mm. um, I, it felt like that the new regulations were coming in from March yeah. so I think they just need to accept mm. anything that's happened now and I think they would really look down at anyone who went to try and crack something in February Yeah. Um, over the next couple of da- weeks to try mm. and set a record in something that wasn't official mm. we'll see what happens I mean I think the one thing you can everyone is sh- assuming right now is that barring something amazing happening, when we look at that winner's dais at the Olympics, you are going to see a bunch of Nike athletes right now. Mm. They are absolutely crushing the running world. I know that ASICs are very concerned with their market share. They're seeing that drop away. The public is swarming to Nike right now. They are winning the shoe war because of this innovation. So it's going to be very interesting to see how other competitors and other brands react
0: over the next 12 months or so. Agreed. Mm, It's going to be an exciting time anyway. You're passionate about that. I, you know, I, I am. Mm-hmm. I, I really. It just. Whenever I see somebody, because I, I think a lot of this kind of debate stems from jealousy. You know, any 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 way to tear somebody off their pedestal. I think that that's the age that we live in. I think that really sucks. Yes, of course, I do believe that these prototypes are an unfair advantage, but like leave the vapor flies alone man like don't be sitting there telling me that an athlete is is as athletic as he or she is because of a shoe yeah. it's not the case I mean it's, it's stupid
1: so people who sit back and comment on other people's achievements from behind the safety of a keyboard is uh, a bit of a trend for something else that happened with you this yeah
0: year. man. Keyboard warriors has just been pissing me off this weekend.
1: Andrew is making a stand against the internet.
0: That's right. This week. That's this is. I'm just. I'm just on fire. So okay. What happened? Basically, there. I'm part of this group on Facebook, and it's all about you know running training. And there is this guy in the group. I'll call him Calvin. Uh, and because that's his name. Because that's his name. Okay. I won't say his last name. Okay. <laughs> uh, his name is Calvin, and he's been posting. That's about, what we call him. That's what we call him because that's his name. He's been posting about a sub fourteen minute five k. Wow! That he's been uh, supposedly able to run, and people are getting in the group. They're getting really pissed off about it because they're they're saying, "Oh, that's not possible. No way. Post proof or it didn't happen." And I'm think, I'm over here thinking like I have no reason to doubt this guy. That the world a 14,
1: fourteen minute five k. Put that into perspective. Is it possible?
0: It's possible. The world record is twelve minutes and forty three seconds. Okay. Uh, Kenishi Kanish, uh, Bikeli I think. I can, I can I can never pronounce his first name, but his last name is Bikeli. Yep. Twelve minutes and forty three seconds. Between twelve minutes and forty three seconds and fourteen minutes, that's a minute and uh, seventeen seconds. That's people can run that. What's the park run record?
1: I well, we have to check that. Loss. I think it's like sixteen something.
0: Yeah, I don't think park run is quite fourteen no. minutes. but and, it's, and it's it's an achievable goal. It's 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 not impossible. It's not impossible. And I've seen pictures of this guy. Yeah, he looks like. I mean, I hate saying that. But he looks like a runner. He looks like somebody who could probably do this. He's really tiny. He's really So lean. the
1: male world record holder for Park Run is 13 minutes, 48 seconds. Oh, oh sh- and no shit. And that was done at Bushy Where? Uh, in England. Okay. The original home of Park well, Run. Well, there you go. Yeah. And then a female world record is 1550.
0: Okay. Yeah. So obviously from 1243 to 14, there's a lot of people. I mean, not a lot of people, but, you know, if you put them all in a room, they probably wouldn't fit in this room. Yes. And a lot of people that can run this this speed. And everybody, instead of... I mean, there are people who are congratulating, but most of everybody is all like post-proof or it didn't happen. It's like they're so quick to tear down an accomplishment, whether it did or didn't happen. You know, obviously, whether it did or didn't happen, if it did, great. If it didn't, this guy obviously needs some kind of validation in his life. Mm. We're all human. We all need it. It's not hurting anybody. He's not able to cheat in a race. And, you know... It's just like why do you, why why do we have to be negative for the sake of being negative on a platform that doesn't even matter toward people that we don't know? Mm. I don't get it. It just pisses me off. Like I'll read I'll read some of the some of the uh, some of the responses because I, I posted in the group yes and I said uh, and your
1: message from what I could say was was basically a. Can we try and be positive here? We yeah. don't need to cut this guy down. No,
0: like I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to get on my high horse and be like you guys who are being negative suck or anything. And you know how to get on a horse. I know how to get on a horse. Yes. And I, I, in some cases a very high horse. Yes, so he was I, tall. I ride English style too. Mm. So I, I was just trying to, you know, I was just saying, look, wh- why do we feel the need to sort of down on this guy? Like he obviously needs this fat validation. Let's just. Like, let, let it go. Like, if it bothers you, if you think he's lying, just let it go. You don't need to comment on it. Block him, whatever you want to do. But it obviously bothers some people, it, and they've had a bit to say about yeah, it. Yeah, they've had a bit to say about it. Some guy, some, some guy, some people have said, you know, have, have supported the, the the statement that I made. You know, some, one guy said, spoken like a true runner. Another guy says, uh, I think he's a good guy, and I enjoy his posts. He works out a lot, and it matters to him. Nothing wrong with that.
1: Well, that sounds
0: positive. That sounds positive. There are... that One lady said... And I, I enjoyed the back and forth that I had with this lady because we had a bit of a debate and it didn't turn into insults, which is so often the case That's on hard to do on media as well. Yeah. I, I think, who was it? I can't remember who said it. But somebody said... Gandhi? <laughs> definitely not Gandhi. Okay. Uh, somebody said... He was big on Facebook. He was. Yeah. He, I think he had a couple of accounts. Yes. He still does. Uh, somebody said... You know, just because I disagree with you doesn't mean that I hate you. And as a society, we don't understand that. Mm. It's really sad. But this lady said... Hashtag you idiot. Hashtag (laughs) you idiot, yeah. (laughs) Not everyone works the same way. How is it reasonable to ask the entire rest of the group to react in a specific way, the way you are, when they may not be in the same place and able to do so? I applaud your positivity and sense of self, but it seems unfair to ask others to react in the bounds of what you deem acceptable. Everyone is on their own journey and responsible for their own reactions, as you stated. Doesn't that grace extend to people who are frustrated and annoyed by perceived dishonesty as well?
1: Okay. So what she's saying is just because you might be in a good space right now where you can look at the positivity of what Calvin has accomplished mm. and celebrate it without needing proof, there are other people who are feeling like they need proof because they are actually more affected by the lack of proof and seeing right. that as dishonesty.
0: That's right. And that's, that's one of the things that I had spoken about as well in, in my statement. I said, you know, I get it that it can s- probably seem like it's a slap in the face to people who are putting in the effort. But at the end of the day, you know, he knows the truth.
1: It's like people who cheat in marathons. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: They He's got to live with that. Yes. And at the end of the day, what really matters is that we know the truth about ourselves. Yeah. And that's the only thing that really matters. We're not competing with somebody who's claiming to be running. And it goes back to what I was saying before is that I think a lot of stuff like this does unfortunately stem from jealousy. Mm. You know, a matter of fact, Kat... I spoke to her during my episode, I
1: spoke about how runners are a judgy bunch of people. And sometimes that can be perceived by... Men and women, as us judging each other along sexual lines, but it's actually a lot of the time with runners, we're just judging everything about each other. That's it. Clothes, appearance, That's stride, it. gait, weight, height, everything. We're just judgy because we are competitive and yeah. we're looking for a way to try and get an advantage over ourselves. And sometimes the best way for us to understand how to get better
0: at ourselves is to compare ourselves to someone right. else, which who is not is often better. Ideal, yeah. No. yeah. I mean, yeah. So, speak of jealousy and compared to other people. Kat said, on, on my personal post, um, you know, first she said, you know, why do people care? You know, their eyes should be on their own run. And then she continued, you know, I was at, uh, I have no idea how to pronounce this suburb park run. Doesn't sound like it's in wow. Australia. Yeah, I got it. a Yeah, okay. pack a a maybe it's a typo. pack Okay. It's double
1: pack. It's pack
0: She was at that park run. Yeah. <laughs> so she was at park run when the Australia record was beat. I was the photographer, and the guy flew past the 2.3k mark at 8.06 a.m., so six minutes for the 2.3k. Finished in just over 14 minutes. There you go. That's more than twice my speed. Am I jealous? Yep. Amazed? Yep. Does it have any impact on me other than making me feel lazy and inadequate? No. Short story is, people need to stop. Let him run or not run. Mm -hmm. It's not their legs. And that's true. Like... I, I, I completely agree with that. It's like, do you know what? If this guy is saying he's doing what he's doing, who cares?
1: Do you think he did it?
0: Do you know, like I said, he looks like the kind of guy who could do it. He, and again, I hate saying that because you just never know. I mean, I've seen, you know, larger frame people run yeah. a, a sub twenty five k and I'm just like, how? Mm. It, it, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that...
1: In a world where we track and share everything now?
0: Mm, he doesn't so, have Strava. He doesn't have apparently. Strava? No, he doesn't have her. Okay. And... Look, I. I think that he is somebody. Di- just, uh, I'm not making a judgment here. You don't here. know him. I don't know him. Never met him. I've never met him. I have no idea what he's all about. But based on a couple of his posts, I feel like he's the kind of guy who just needs a lot of validation. I think that there are things at play in his mind that, you know, go one way or the other. I I did see a video of him running on a treadmill in the group. It wasn't at that pace, but just based on his running economy, I have no problems believing that he could do it, but I don't know. And at the end of the day, it's not for me to know or not. I think, you know, I think if somebody wants to post about an accomplishment, whether they did or didn't, like, stop trying to tear it down. Just goddamn be positive. And just, if you're not positive about it, if you don't believe it, just walk away. The point is, people feel the need to go on and be negative. Mm -hmm. Like, there are so many things that they want to be negative about just for the sake of being negative. And literally, people will search comments in posts, whatever those posts may be, to find something that they can disagree with and talk about it and call somebody an idiot because they disagree with it.
1: Yeah, because that's seen as fun to do on the internet now is to find the 1% of the entire argument
0: that you can (laughs) hone in on and ignore 99% of what the fuck? Mm. It's... uh, Sorry, but like mm. relax. F- get a life basically. Mm. If that's if that's what you're doing with your day searching out for things that you can disagree with because you've just, go for a run. Go for a run. Yeah. You know, figure out what's wrong with you. Not that there are things wrong with people, but you obviously need to work on something if that's what your day is, mm. looking for f- just to find the the fault in others. Mm. Anyway, that's how you feel. That's how I that's how I feel. So hopefully Calvin did do it. I hope he did. I really do. I really and, hope he did. And does that inspire you? If he can do a sub-14, I mean... It inspires me to go for my sub-20. Exactly. I don't know that I'll ever make a <laughs> sub-14. Like what you said a couple weeks ago, I, you know, there, there are things that I know I can do and yeah. there are things that I know I can't. And that, yeah. I think, is one of those things.
1: Anything is possible, but I can't do that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, I'm, you know, be realistic here. I'm, my, I'm not ever going to do that. You know, I hate... Race cheating. I don't hate race cheaters. I don't really necessarily hate anyone, but race cheating, I think, is... is, is race
1: cheating is a big one that I don't think it... I don't know why. It, I've never really heard of it here in Australia. It seems massive in America because people are trying to get into the Boston qualifying yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and they have is, people
0: run for them, which is yeah. weird. It's
1: like, you know, but here in Australia, it seems a little less Yeah, prevalent. I've not ever heard of it. No. I think there was a big case in... I'm sure it must happen. I'm sure someone will comment and say they heard about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There was a big case and I I feel like it was Tokyo, Mm. maybe, but like like a quarter of the runners did it. Yeah. Something like that. Or some, maybe not a quarter, but some ridiculous number.
1: I have, actually now that I think about it, I have been involved in a park run once where... You cheated? No, I didn't cheat. I went out for the run and I ran and as we were running out, we saw a person on the course already coming back and then we finished back and then when they finished, they went through the shoot and took a token Mm. and went and got a time Mm. and then walked out and we were like they did not start with us they did not run the whole course they kind of looked like they'd finished in the top 10 okay but they were already coming back as we were heading out Mm. and the problem with that is um it's not about oh well they got a time that they didn't deserve thing it's actually about insurance if they injure themselves on yeah. the course and they're saying they've been doing a park run but they weren't actually
0: doing it. Yeah, where's the... Yeah. Has
1: the legality fit in? And, yeah. and just, you know, ethical stuff like That's that. That's a
0: good point. So, like, yeah, if you're in a marathon, you're cutting the course and there's that moment where you're not on the course, are you still insured? I don't know. I don't Public
1: know. liability is so important these yeah. days. So cheating has practical effects as that. But it's also, you got to wake up and look at yourself in the mirror. That's it. If you're someone who's decided to... It's like you're mini episode about burpees yeah
0: like goddamn do them
1: about not doing the burpees if it's meant to be hard yeah you're there because it's hard and you're there because you know that hard work will give you something that's it so don't skip the burpees don't cut the corner on the race that's right don't lie about your time no run your time celebrate when you go faster
0: that's it and like there's one thing if you can't do certain things Mm -hmm. if you have to modify Mm -hmm. but you know i mean i'm so i'm so paranoid about running that last 50 meters of park run where you have to turn uh left to get yep. to see the finish line right the cones are there I, i'm so paranoid that i stay off the grass like i don't even cut that and that's like two meters worth of grass mm-hmm. i'm like no i'm gonna stay on the thing
1: yeah <laughs> hop around <laughs> yeah sure, little want... 90 degree turn <laughs> that's right
0: yeah. i might bust out my my knee here but i'm yeah. gonna make sure that this turn is sharp so that yeah. i'm on the course but yeah so there you go hmm. that's uh there's my that's what grinds my gears. Okay.
1: Indeed. So that's been Andrew's Soapbox for there
0: episode 68. I'll be silent for the rest of the day.
1: He has a high horse. The high horse's name is Styles. Indeed. and Yes. Nice memory. Good for you. Yeah, I do listen to our episodes. All right. Cool. Um, All right. So you teased it for us earlier. Yes. And I'm very interested to hear the report on this because there was some judgment passed on me about my skills in navigating or suggesting a trails <laughs> course for you and isabel ross out of the yu yangs yes so tell us about this week's adventures for andrew and isabel
0: okay so this week's adventures of andrew uh with andrew and isabel it was it was a lot of fun uh, aside from the heat so obviously i'm not a trail runner and it was just it was so it was so like poetic right the first run that i went on with this barkley runner was cold rainy and shitty yep this, and you complained about And that. I complained about that. The second run that I went on with this Barkley runner was hot, humid, and shitty. And you I... You will now complain I about now that. I will not complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> this was a much tougher uh, little course than, than we went in the Dandenongs. Because the Dandenongs were, you know, they were short little douchey hills, right? Mm-hmm. Douche-grade hills. And this, the some of the stuff that we came across, I mean... We had to walk some of it. Uh, You know, we did the 15K, worked out to like a seven-something kilometer. So, you know, it wasn't fast, but it was hard.
1: You went up the saddleback, I believe. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, which
0: is tough. Which is a bitch. Yes. Uh, At the end of it, she was like, do you want to go up the Flinders Peak? It's only another 2K. And I was like, you fucking nuts. (laughs)
1: Like, what's wrong with your freaking mind? You know that when they do the 100K or the 160 miler out there, they go up Saddleback and up Flinders Peak every lap. That's crazy. So if you do the one hundred and sixty miler, you do it eight times.
0: Trail runners, you have to seek help. <laughs> so, but it was a lot. Of, you know, it was a lot of fun. We, of course, I think we. I think she ended up uh, uh, sort of amalgamating a couple of different. She didn't follow any of the courses that I
1: suggested no you kind of did your own thing yeah, yeah. And
0: I think it was made up of like it was like a Frankenstein's monster of Yeah. because of
1: you went out Great Circle Drive I believe you went yeah. up the back hill and that yeah. is a road one of the criticisms Isabel threw at me was that I suggested too many she roads she was for hoping you.
0: for more single track stuff
1: yeah I did think. you do any single track yeah, stuff we did. You yeah we
0: did yeah we did uh, and, and that was great uh, because do you know what I didn't like about the road that's where some of it was the steepest yes and oh the,
1: out the back of Yu Yang's on Great Circle sucked. Drive is steep
0: I mean yeah I I mean, there was this one section where I probably, I reckon it was the whole, maybe almost a full kilometer that we were just walking up this thing. And and both of us were just like, oh my God, when is this (laughs) going to end? You asked for tough. Yeah. And that was, that was tough. It was tough. So that was just, it was really, it was really good. And I tell you what, man, I was tired. Mm. Like well, the heat. Were you carrying water? I was carrying a hydration pack. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, uh, my backpack and you know, I, I, I had two liters of water in it. I probably went through about uh, 1.5. Yeah. She, she had, like, these three bottles.
1: I saw I saw the photo slash video, yeah. and she was, like, a couple of baby bottles, and that was it.
0: She I don't even think she went through half a liter, but she, she says that she doesn't need a lot of water when she...
1: Well, I think she obviously understands how much she sweats. Yeah, She's exactly. hyper-efficient, getting back yeah. to the start of the episode where we talk about training and that sort yeah. of stuff. She's just a machine. It was she's crazy. just operating at a level of performance yeah. that we are not.
0: No, it was just... It was, in, gee, was intense. Mm. Uh, I, I, I didn't record um, this one like I did. I'm actually going to release in a in a probably a few days after mm. this one uh, the actual run that we did in the Dandenongs, right. which is just basically an hour long recording of us running. And talking, and you can hear what runners talk about. So if
1: you've ever wanted to think about what other runners talk about to feel bad about your own inane conversations, you'll hear that runners' conversations are the same everywhere. Yeah, pretty much. Sometimes they are sparks of genius, other times they are the most mundane, boring shit you can possibly think of. Pretty much. What the hell is this
0: guy (laughs) talking about? Uh, But yeah, it was was really, it was, for me, it's kind of like, okay, you know, it would be like going on a ghost hunt with Nick Groff. Yeah. You know? Going on a on a trail run with Isabel Ross, really cool. Yeah, really cool.
1: That's awesome. So yeah, we had a great time. And so you're going to do more stuff with her?
0: Yes. So, uh, really, really cool thing. So, we've decided so but that we want to do a type of running challenge.
1: This is a you've decided. We together. Not, yeah. Not you've begged her to please do. No, this. actually, this was
0: her idea. Oh, really? The... This is something
1: that she's always wanted
0: to do. Oh. And when she heard that I was keen, she's like, all right, let's do it. She's found an experiment monkey. Exactly. Yes. So it's kind of like a jackass style running challenge. Matter of fact, if you want to see something like this, you can go to. I will tell you, and I say, Mountain Outpost, which is a YouTube channel. Ah, the tubes of you. Indeed, mm. they do similar stuff. So basically, what it is, you, I've, I've spoken about the beer mile before yes. on the podcast. So a beer mile is basically you, you chug a 12 ounce beer, you go for 400 meter. It's around a track, 400 meter lap, beer, 400 meter lap, all the way up to 1600 meters, getting you to that yes. that mile. Four beers. Four beers, right? And so See, we can do math. We can do math. Yeah. Four, but you know what? We revolve it around running. Any yes. other math? Can't, uh, and so we want to we want to do something like that. So we'll probably start off with something like a beer mile. Yep. And so you're going to do the beer mile. Um. Well, yeah, we're going to do the beer mile. Yep. And then we're going to do other stuff. So we're going to do other sort of. Can sort you of eat challenges. a
1: Parmigiana at the end of every 400 meters?
0: Basically. Well, it's we're not going to limit it to just a mile. So right. We're gonna we're gonna bring in bigger distances. So maybe so for example we track every say McDonald's over the over the radius of say. Eight or ten miles. Yep. Every couple of miles, every few miles, we have to stop at a Macca's, down a thick shake, Ooh. and then and then go. All right. Yep. There's the uh, maybe a Slurpee challenge where every Seven Eleven every couple of miles we down a Slurpee and then go. Yep. Um, Is it
1: only going to rotate around food? No. Well,
0: possibly not. Mm. Possibly not. Uh, so there was actually this one challenge that Mountain Outpost outposted. They did basically this thing where they had drop bags that were left from erase a few weeks prior Yep. and so whatever was in the drop bag they either had to eat wear oh or apply okay so eating food that's been there for three weeks whether it's an energy gel or sandwich
1: sandwich would be awkward putting on
0: a piece of clothing that could be crusty and sweaty yes or applying band-aids or whatever yeah and then do that so yeah we're gonna we're gonna work out the kinks of that and hopefully we're gonna make a like a youtube kind of channel about it and combine the
1: and how often are you thinking about doing these challenges because some of them will take a bit of time to organize yeah. and prep
0: so. yeah I'm not sure I'm mm-hmm. not sure um, and it's you know it's going to it's going to also obviously have to revolve around my shooting schedule because I can't be eating all this junky shit yes if I have a if I have a shoot not that I mean not that the one day of running 10 miles plus downing all this stuff is going to really affect things yeah. other than on the day
1: mm-hmm. yeah and so, so I mean so one of the things you could look at is I heard today down at Ballerine they do like a cider run yeah. where you can do a half marathon and you sort of drink a cider every mm. couple of kilometers. There's like there's that famous marathon in France, which is like the champagne one, where you every mile over the 16 miles or 26 miles, you drink yeah. a glass of champagne. So it could be stuff like that. You could incorporate races like that if they had a bit of a theme. Yeah, yeah, or absolutely. Or you could just, like I said, go to a particular region and try yeah. and go to every BP. That's... A traveler's Just part. get it, get yeah. it. Yeah,
0: just get something. Like, like these guys did a Chipotle and every Ooh, everyone, they no. had a big burrito and they had to either have a margarita with it or nachos with it and it's just it's really scary because when you watch how they're reacting to this stuff it's just like "Oh, wow vomit city maybe
1: so jackass running challenge yeah can
0: we say jackass I don't know I don't know that's that's definitely copyrighted but we'll We'll figure something out we'll figure it out yeah okay interesting breaking ass
1: so when do you think the first
0: (laughs) breaking ass breaking ass really (laughs) I don't know (laughs) okay ass barriers I really don't think that's the demographic
1: we're looking for, Andrew. I am sure I'm sure it's financially very lucrative for us to start targeting ass barriers or breaking ass. Oh no. But it is going to really possibly distract from the message of running and camaraderie. That's a good point. Although we could do breaking the barrier black and just sort of, you know, go triple X to ten. There you go. You know, please make sure no kids are in the car.
0: Wow. Mm. Yikes.
1: So when do you think the first one will come out?
0: I don't know. So um, we're going to get together and and suss it out probably the next few days, and um, we'll we'll figure it out that way. So I I am hoping that we can get it done ASAP, like uh, probably after the Spartan. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, she was cracking the whip on you to finish
1: that other episode, so I'm sure if you've had an idea, she'll be cracking the whip for you. Yeah. Pull this out. Yeah. Like if
0: we can do it somewhere between the Spartan in February to the Spartan in March, that'd be that'd be ideal.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Indeed. Well, watch this space. Does she have a YouTube channel?
0: She has a podcast. Okay. Peak Endurance.
1: So, you, will you host it? But you're gonna need a YouTube channel. Aren't
0: yeah. You? So we'll probably we'll probably put our. YouTube channels together or something I don't know if she has a YouTube channel she probably does
1: figure that out that's That's, details yeah that's one of those details that we're going to have to that's the sort of detail that I used to figure out for you when I was your producer but then you promoted me to co-host and now there's a vacuum in organization because no one's thinking about this stuff no no I just let you do it (laughs) (laughs) all right So, anything else you want to talk about? That's all I've got. Okay. Yeah. So, what we'll probably finish up is just a reminder to everyone that we are still running the Generation You Can Challenge and competition. So, episode 68, seven episodes to go into our next listener episode where we want to hear from you. What lessons have you taken away from Breaking the Barrier uh, to help you, inspire you to go above and beyond? So to do that, we've got a competition that you can enter now. It's only for Australian residents. What we need you to do is on the socials, be it Facebook or Instagram, write down the thing that you've learned from the Breaking the Barrier episodes, tag at Generation UCAN Australia, mm-hmm. tag at Breaking the Barrier, Mm-hmm. and hashtag breaking the barrier Yep. if you do those three things we will pick it up with the robots that we have in the back room somewhere indeed we will take those entries that we have and on episode 75 as we read out some of the listener feedback we will find some winners and those winners will get
0: stuff Indeed. Andrew. so the stuff that you will get because we like stuff mm. So one winner will receive a sample pack, which has a little bit of everything from Generation You Can, the uh, couple of Generation You Can snack bars, the protein powder, I think the electrolyte powder, and a couple of other goodies as well. And two other winners will receive a box of Generation You Can snack bars. And like. I know you've heard me talk about this till I am blue in the face. This could be someone's
1: first episode. There is someone listening right now going, "What is this generation? Generation You Can? What
0: is it about it that makes it special?" That's right. So I shouldn't be selfish and assume that you've all heard this before. So the thing that makes Generation You Can special is their patented super starch formula, which is a type of carbohydrate that helps your body utilize fat as fuel while you're running and it all but destroys well it actually does destroy Mm. that bonking feeling or hitting the wall and we've all been there and we've all been at that point in a race where you get to the point where you've had your like 12th gel or something and you're just like oh man Mm. if i have another one of these i will vomit Mm. the the generation you can nutrition you don't have to worry about that you can eat less of it because of the way that it works with your body and it can sustain you longer it helps me i have not hit a wall on any of my runs since I've started Generation Can, And I used to hit a wall after five and six miles.
1: You take some before the run and yep. then afterwards as
0: well. That's right. So on my really long runs or races, like for the 10K that I did last week, normally I wouldn't fuel with anything for a, a 10K. But because I knew I wanted to perform at optimal levels and keep my speed my energy going i had a half a snack bar before the race about 20 or 30 minutes before and after the race i had the protein enriched powder for for that muscle recovery which is so important after an effort like that critical absolutely and in that 10k race i was holding about a 440 to 450 pace the whole time but my final kilometer of that race was actually a 426 Mm. and i feel like that Had I not had that snack bar, because I was working so hard, the lactic acid would have built up. My body probably would have just started to shut down because of how hard I was working. But because I had that Superstarch working for me, I was able to push that last kilometre faster than the others.
1: Awesome, so if you are interested in winning some of the Generation UCAN product, then get into the competition that we just spoke about. You don't have to wait for that though. You can visit generationucan.com.au now and use the code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your first purchase. So go to that website, generationucan.com.au, use the code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER, Generation UCAN, the best choice for steady energy.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself.
1: It's like I was reading it off a script it's almost as if you
0: were yes we know you weren't
1: so what do we have for the folks next episode when we get together
0: it'll be probably post my trail ultra yes yeah, so we're so gonna talk i think i feel like i want to talk all about that
1: yeah so we'll talk about that andrew's going to come out and visit me mm. we're going to record some stuff during the actual event and yeah we'll see it's either going to be an enormous celebration yeah or it's going to be me lying on a couch kind of like in that what's the movie where uh robin williams was talking to matt damon
0: Oh, um, 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 goodwill hunting. Goodwill hunting. It's going to be like goodwill hunting where
1: Andrew's just going to hold me and tell me it was all okay and it's not my fault. I
0: will. Mm. I'm I'm very nice that way.
1: But for the rest of you, keep going above and beyond out there. Good luck with whatever you're coming up to this next week. Keep an eye out for the episode that Andrew was talking about, which is sounds from the run in the Danny Longs with Isabel Ross.
0: Indeed. Look, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Breaking the Barrier podcast where Zach and I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.